Greetings from Hannibal, Missouri. And welcome to Rivertown Review, the podcast. An informative and hopefully entertaining look at all things Hannibal. With Megan Rapp. People tend to come, visit, they like it here, they move here. And Harold Smith. In our biased viewpoint, this part of the country, this community, is an excellent place to be from. And now, Rivertown Review, the podcast. Welcome to episode nine of the Hannibal Rivertown Review podcast. I am Harold Smith. And I'm Megan Rapp. And we, we welcome you from uh, however you found us. We, we're glad that you're here, uh, whether you found us on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or linked to us from rivertownreview.com. And we're also glad that you left us a review because we know you left us a review because that helps other folks find this podcast, which you are so enjoying. And Harold, that is reverse psychology, I do believe. Mm, yes. A- at least it's planting it in their mind to leave a review. That is, that is it. It's all about, uh, I don't know, that wouldn't be a corollary to the Sawyer effect, though. Uh, probably not. That would be a stretch to even... Try. We could probably make that work, though, somehow or other. It could uh, be. I'm, well, I it, maybe maybe that was a subliminal uh, implanting implanting a message into your subconscious. How's that? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that'll, that'll work. That works for me. So, yes. So, we thank you for all the reviews you have left. That's right. That's right. Because that's really the only way we know how we're doing is if, if you folks let us know. Uh, which you have done in droves. It just dozens and dozens of reviews just just streaming in. Streaming in. That yes. is right. I did get that out with a straight face. I was I'm going to say, so well, just glad. like just like this podcast is streaming from your favorite device or your computer. Mm-hmm. And um, I think in nine episodes, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the gamut that we have run. Oh. I mean, we've gotten pretty... Uh, uh, a wide range of topics uh we have we've run everything from uh you know molly brown to poodles painting fences and and just everything in between and today bear with us folks you know don't uh, you know as soon as soon as i say we're going to talk about cemeteries or one in particular you know just you know it's going to be good. You're going to like this. The most famous and interesting people you will never have the opportunity to meet. That's right. That, How's that? that? Now, there's that sounds like something you could, you know, stitch on a sampler and hang it on your wall. You're darn right. Yeah. And she and Donna is sitting over there going, when are they going to let me say something? <laughs> Donna Brown is here. She is the, what is your official title at Mount Olivet Cemetery? My official is office manager, but I want you to know that it's everything but digging the graves somebody said and i said one of these days bruce is going to be sick and that will end up my hat but as it is now no i did i manage it i try to take care of it i i try to promote it you know for what it is and it's a beautiful historical cemetery that a lot of people even that live here in hannibal don't know exists or have never visited well and i will tell you um when i looked over this historic walking tour that you have yes um when you know my husband and i went to boston we did a cemetery tour you know you go to new orleans cemetery you do a tours. cemetery tour yes you do these cemetery tours to um you know it, it, and they're history tours they not only talk about the people that were buried there i mean there were these are well-known people so this is you know it's a fascinating way to look at history and when you look at what you have put together and put before us um 
this is amazing. So just tell us kind of a, about some of the interesting people that you can learn about or that you can actually see their final resting place that made Hannibal such a, a big spot on the map. Exactly. Well, there's a lot of founders of Hannibal that are buried over there. But the, of course, I have to give homage to our native son, Mark Twain. Yeah, the, the Clemens family. Yes, yes, the entire Clemens family is buried at Mount Olivet. And I tell you, the, the people from across the United States that come to visit the cemetery are well-versed in Mark Twain history, and they come asking to see it. They, that's what they're there for. Um, Japan, Germany, England, Italy, you ha I mean, all over the world to come see it. But uh, Judge Clemens and his wife, Jane, and Orion, and Mary, they're all there. Now, of course... Samuel Clemens himself is in Hartford, but still, they are buried there, very easy to find. Um, and then as you drive on around the corner, I have to mention Joe Douglas. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just speaking in terms of he you know, was supposed to be the draw of Engine Joe. Mm -hmm. But in reality, mm -hmm. Joe Douglas was nothing like... Um, Engine Joe. In fact, history will tell us that, you know, Joe Douglas was an Indian, was had been scalped and did have what would be to young children a, a, probably a, a scary appearance. Okay, I'm just, that's how we'll he, put it. Exactly. He had, a, he had a horsehair wig and I believe yes. he had smallpox as yes, a child. Yes, he did. And mm. so, so uh, to a young child. That, that would be, yes. But this is what he did for a lot of the townspeople. He would take children down to Bear Creek and teach them how to fish and spend the days with them, you know, and a lot of people don't know those things about him, but uh, Joe Douglas and his wife are buried there at in a corner, you know, easily found there. Um, and someone, let's come out of history, I, although I don't want to leave history, I, I'm going to come out of history, Don Farrow. Mm -hmm. Mizzou football fans will know who Don Farrow is. The stadium is named after Don Farrow. And he is buried on the Helms lot. He married a young woman who was in the Helms family. Now, when I say Helms, those of you that are listening that know Hannibal know that the Helms Art Award is presented every year and has been for, oh, I, hate to, I can't even imagine how many years, but I've been out of school almost 50 years, and they were giving them then. Um, that family is there, and he's there. And I have a lot of people come. For some reason, about six months ago, somebody said, did you know Don Farrow's buried at Mount Olivet <laughs> Cemetery? And I mean, then it, it was like car after car, you know, suddenly shows up at the cemetery wanting to know where Don Farrow was buried. But and, and, um, uh, go, go ahead and tell. There, there's something you want else. me to tell that story? Go, go right ahead. You go right ahead. <laughs> well, this I can. I feel comfortable telling it because his one of his nieces told this story. He was late to his own funeral. You know how you're always joking around. You know you're gonna be late to your own funeral. <laughs> yep. Well, they had a big service in Columbia, as you might imagine, and then as they uh, were leaving, the nephews said that they would see that Uncle Don got to the cemetery. Well, this is before. 
you know, everybody had a cell phone in their pocket and the boys all thought they knew where they were going. Mm. But they took the, quote, shortcut and went across 54 straight to Louisiana, Missouri. Whoops. And when they got to to the Mississippi and then, you know, (laughs) that was it. Well, they got, they finally showed up at Mount Olivet nearly an hour and a half late. (laughs) (laughs) So that is, that's the... The family story of being late to your own funeral for Don Trevorrow. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. And it puts a smile on everybody's faces. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we can, Admiral Kuntz. We have several things here in Hannibal with Admiral Kuntz's name on them. Um, his, I, he was the second um, chief naval officer of the entire U.S. fleet. I don't know if people under knew that or not. You know, they they we talk about, you know, Admiral Koontz, but they the, do not understand his ranking. Yeah, who was? Right. Yeah, who he Admiral Koontz was? Ran- yes. And now, histor- historians and the buffs. I I I'm going to say if you know the history of the Great White Fleet, there that was a mission that was very important during World War II. And well, no, be World War One. And anyway, he was uh, chief executive officer on the Nebraska during that, which then led to his getting that second, being the second official officer of the entire naval fleet. Which is no small thing. No, it isn't. Oh, no, it isn't. So there is a reason why there are buildings here that are named after Admiral Koontz and, you know, and his North but claim to fame. Mm-hmm. Well, but then now, now you talked about the Clemens family. You talked about the the person, the real life person uh, for whom uh, Engine Joe mm-hmm. was based. And I do have to have a shout out. Thank you for pronouncing Orion's name correctly. It's a pet peeve of mine. Mark Twain's older brother, Orion. Because of that star thing in the sky, <laughs> everyone says call it Orion. Oh, Orion. Mm. The actual pronunciation for his name was Orion. Yes. Thank you. Yes, yeah, indeed. well, that's what happens. I'll, I'm, I'll, a, I'm a 30-year English teacher, so, you mm, know, yeah. I kind of, yes. I'll yeah. get off my twin soapbox yeah. now. No, you're Thank good. You. No, you're good. Yeah. You're good. But uh, what, what I was getting to is also, uh, I, I mean, at the top of the list I have here on the historical walking tour is Becky Blankenship. Yes, that was Tom's sister. It was yes. Tom Lankenship's sister? Of course, he was the Huck Finn. I have a lot of people come looking for Becky. You know, for you know, uh, oh, for Laura Hawkins. Laura Hawkins, and she's, and she's not there. Baptism. Yeah, she's not there. But anyway, it's that's the other one that. And then I have to mention, because there are people out there who are going to know this, is Black Bart. Yes, he was a notorious <laughs> stagecoach robber during the gold rush and you know it's he always left a poem after his escapade there would be a poem left so these were well thought out planned robberies i mean he just didn't do it he already had a poem written and he would leave the poem yeah and then but here's the thing about that his wife and daughter are buried there and back in the day when someone notorious like this would pass, oftentimes they would bury them without any, you know, uh, they would even do it in the cloak of darkness at night. 
So legend has it that Black Bart is buried there in the cemetery next to his wife and daughter. Now, can I go to the books and point to it? No, but I can go to many uh, local legends books, and they talk about that he is buried there in the cemetery next to his wife. But you'd be surprised that the people that come to the cemetery during my All Saints and Souls Day, I take everybody on a hayride, and we I do all this narrating of the cemetery for them. And the number of people who know who Black Bart what, because I think it's because it's those stagecoach days and the gold rush. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had a lot of people here in Hannibal that went out to the gold rush and made it big during the gold rush. A lot of the homes that are built here in, uh, when you're talking about up on the hills here on Bird Street, and all, were built by the Brown brothers. And both of them went to the gold rush and made their money and then came back here and invested in building homes and all during that day. So that's kind of a cool thing to know, too. And then we've got Clarence Gideon. Yes. Now, think back to when you were younger. There was a movie with Henry Fonda in it called Gideon's Trumpet. Mm-hmm. And that should clue you in to Gideon's claim to fame. He was a, here in Hannibal, went before he left Hannibal, he was a petty thief. And now he's not going to deny that he did things like that. When he moved to Florida, where his mother was at, um, he was accused of being a part of a a grocery store or convenience store at that time, robbery, where there was a murder. And he didn't do it. But because when you look back at his records and the fact that he had been in the neighborhood— Of course, you know, they picked him up. Well, he went to court, and the state attorney, with all his power, you know, came down on Clarence Gideon, and he didn't have the money to have a lawyer, so he was defending himself. So from his jail cell there in Florida, he petitioned Florida Supreme Court, got nowhere. Then he then petitioned the United States Supreme Court, who agreed to hear his case. And in doing so, he presented to the to the Supreme Court that there was no way he could get a fair trial because there's I don't have a lawyer, I can't afford a lawyer. So the landmark the landmark decision that if you cannot afford a lawyer, one will be appointed for you. And that's why I have public defenders from all over the United States, and I am not. I'm not pulling your leg. I have them from Oregon State. I have them from New York State. I have them from Chicago, Sacramento. They come to pay homage to Clarence Gideon for the wonderful thing that he did in having it so that you and, you know, all of us have that opportunity to have a lawyer to represent us. Even if you cannot afford it, exactly. you, have, you, have exactly. right, you have the right to be defended by a professional exactly and it was like you said it was clarence mm-hmm. gideon's uh u.s supreme court case that did that and he is once again at mount olivet cemetery right here in hannibal thank you for joining us for the hannibal rivertown review podcast we'll get back to the show in just a moment we want to remind you that if you like what you're hearing be sure to subscribe and leave us a review also for comments and suggestions you can email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com and visit us at rivertownreview.com and Rivertown Review on Facebook. 
you mentioned, uh, you alluded to the well, the event that you have in the fall of the year, and and I got to admit, the first time that that you and I sat down, and and uh, well, between you and and Jimmy O'Donnell, because he, he's a part of that too. <laughs> yes. And I'm thinking you're having a wiener roast and a hayride yes. in a cemetery. Yes. <laughs> the Mount Olivet was actually established as a place to recreate and remember. Mm-hmm. And if you go back through all of our old handwritten history books, you will find where families would bring picnics to the cemetery on Sunday afternoons, and they would then be there. And, and you know, it was kind of like a, 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 re, a reunion of sorts for family members and for others, and, and that's what they did. People don't understand that today. I was say, and it sounds very strange, but especially in large cities where you didn't have a lot of green space. Sure. Like I said, like in, in Boston and in your, your East Coast mm-hmm. where, where you go on these cemetery tours, that would be your green space. So it was not uncommon. Not After, at all. You know, uh, if it's a nice, cool day, take the family out and that's yes. where you got out. Yep. Just. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, like a park. Yes, it was. was And and there's records of that over there at the cemetery, handwritten records and all about it. They keep track of who came. And, but then they, um, what we do then is I have a, on the last Sunday of October, right before, um, Halloween, we have this all saints and souls day. And that's the very reason for it is so that families can come decorate graves for winter, um, Jimmy O'Donnell helps me have a um, memorial balloon release, which is always takes your breath. You know, I've had seven, eight of them, and still every time those balloons hit the air, it takes your breath away because you realize the love and the, you know, that are, each one of those possesses. But then we have, instead of everybody having to bring a picnic basket, we mm-hmm. build a bonfire and we roast wieners. And we and I, then I take everybody on a hayride through the cemetery that where I narrate and I point out these graves. Uh, we didn't mention the famous Stillwell murders that, you know, you know, uh, Amos is buried there in the cemetery. And sadly, just up from there is the gentleman and the father of the gentleman who was accused of that murder. Um, kind of ironic. But then you just drive through. There's Nipper from uh-huh. Nipper Park. Who God love him. He was the director of the Board of Public Works as it was back then. And he got himself in a little bit of trouble when he agreed to have the the grain terminals put on the foot of down there by the river. And he, oh my, a lot of people were upset about that, as you can imagine. <laughs> I mean, everything we start to do anymore, it seems like with the river, it causes some sort of confrontation. Well, it's not new. It happened back when Mr. Nipper was a part of it. But you can just go through Mayhans, Delaney's, Dubok, of du- you know, the, the people who had the Dubok in there. I just... Well, I, I see name, the name after name after name. Yeah, I see the name Stoll here. That's yes, A.D. Stoll. Yeah, yes. the, the uh, elementary school named uh, after yes. them. Um, Garths are in there. And you well, W.B. Pettibone. People Pettibone, don't realize. Yep. Pettibone School. My father-in-law was at Pettibone School the day they opened the doors, and Mrs. Pettibone and her husband saw to it that each of the children had shoes besides books and pencils and paper shoes were the other important thing that they felt and they and, and, and they don't know that but then wb also gave um riverview park to the city of hannibal he was also a big uh part of the new additions to levering hospital you know it used to be just that single building and then um 
you know, just so many things that people have done. Um, the library here, the uh, GARS, you know, gave $25,000. And back in those days, that was a lot of money so that it, the library could be built. And this is after, you know, uh, Mark Twain's father and Mr. Draper had worked to establish the first library west of the Mississippi. Because so free public libraries no, were not a given. No. Libraries had membership costs. Exactly. And so if you did not have the money to be a member of the library, you were not getting those books. So having a right. free public library. Exactly. And all these years later, it is still known as the Hannibal Free, free Public Ex Library. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then you've got George Mahan and his wife who, in essence, saved Mark Twain's home. We wouldn't have a Mark Twain's home to, you know, for tourists to come visit had it not been that they saved it and with their own money and then gave it to the city. They had it refurbished and given to the city all, you know, back then. And I, I it, it, when you get to looking at all of this and seeing all of it, it just kind of blows. Harrison Hill, used, we used to call it Harrison Hill. I'm, I'm hoping that I'm not showing my age, but Harrison Hill that takes off <laughs> out to the Harrison college. Hill, okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, William Harrison has what, a lot of people come to the cemetery to see, and that is a 40-foot Italian granite that was brought here from Italy. And it is carved in as a tree, and it's so intricate. The vines are all carved into it. It's it's absolutely beautiful. It stands 40 feet tall. I don't know how they got it up there. I would love, you know, I, it was brought by horse and, and buggy and how they got it up there. But when you drive through the cemetery... In the wintertime, you're hard-pressed to find it. But now, with the trees, the leaves all on, you can find it. But it is, it's is—it's an amazing piece to see. And it is in Guinness Book of Something because I've had, I had a family from Oregon come to see it. Can you believe that? They drove, yet they drove. They were homeschooled children and they had studied histories and in, in doing so through cemeteries. They got interested in it through cemeteries and then in doing so, they had a long list of all some of the people we've talked about here and that monument. They wanted to see that monument. But, you know, you don't realize that when you're standing there in Mount Olivet, you can look out, and there's a beautiful vista of the lighthouse. That we're, We are on the same elevation as the lighthouse. So you can stand in sections of the cemetery and look out across and see the... And when the leaves aren't on, you can see the Mississippi, which is, as a crow flies, only about 800 yards from the cemetery. You don't think about that. Mm -hmm. We back up to Mark Twain Cave, you know, to the Cameron Cave grounds and things. I mean, We're just nestled over there in the hills of Southside that people need just need to come and see. It's beautiful. Have people from New England go, why would you go anywhere else? <laughs> because they are. When those maple trees turn and you've got the, oh, it, it's just. It's a beautiful it's Absolutely location. beautiful. Like you said, it's also, it's just the amount of history. Yes. In that cemetery is just absolutely mind-boggling mm -hmm. you know you have you have people come from all over the world like you said uh to to learn about mark twain and we have so many of his family members you know hannibal boasts we have the places that inspired the stories you know we have mm -hmm. his boyhood home we've got cardiff hill we have mark twain cave we also have the 
people that inspired his stories. Right. Not only his family, but several, uh, you know, like you said, um, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Douglas, you know, who w- was uh, an inspiration through his 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 visage, shall yes. we say? You yes. know, he was intimidating to small children, yes. um, but also some of Mark Twain's close boyhood friends, whom he said that they, he based the mm-hmm. characters of Tom. Well, Sawyer John Garth on. was one of those. You know, when you read, I told you I was an English teacher mm-hmm. for thirty years, so in my studies of Mark, you know, and then to go over and realize that they were buried, you know. Bill Bowne was one of them. You know, he just kind of took the people that he grew up with and kind of within his own life, and then he kind of just wove them together. He said, you know, when you when you really are a student of Samuel Clemens, he took it, you know, it isn't just him. He wove into all the people that he knew and the, and the people that he loved, and he wore, wove them into his fabric of his stories most definitely yeah. his uh, his mother uh, he even said you know was the inspiration for aunt polly yes. and of course um becky thatcher's father you know judge thatcher, judge thatcher his yes. father was justice of the mm-hmm. peace and he uh so so you when you come to hannibal and you want to see the places that inspired the stories you can also see the final resting places of the actual mm-hmm. people that yes. inspired the stories in a beautiful setting Donna Brown, this is the, the, anybody that doesn't come away with this, uh, just saying, man, I gotta, I gotta come to Hannibal and I gotta uh, check out Mount Olivet Cemetery. I would love for you to. I have these, I have these walking tours here, and if I'm not doing anything, you know what I'm liable to do? I'm just liable to say, let me grab my keys and I'll take you for a ride. I do that a lot. You know, I, I say to myself, well, how do I not get all my work done? Well, I, I. <laughs> but I would. I I I love that cemetery. I grew up over there. I grew up on Southside, and I spent a lot of my summer day afternoons when it was so hot, air conditioning. We didn't have it, mm-hmm. but I rode my bike out there, and I would throw a blanket out under those big trees. And I grew up there, so I am so blessed now after retiring to be able to do whatever I can to promote and keep this this jewel that we have right here in Hannibal. And that pretty well sums it up as far as, you know, being able to spread the word. Of course, Donna talking in particular about Mount Olivet, but spreading the word about this community and all that it has to offer and all of the people and all of the reasons that people should come here. I mean, that's what that's what we're about. Most definitely. I think, um, you know, we just gave you one more reason. If we haven't yet convinced you with Molly (laughs) Brown and with... uh, Gosh, what else have we talked about? Um, oh, all the Mark Twain and pop culture and all of the events. I think that was episode two and three. Yeah, oh, possibly. yeah. We spent, yeah, we were, it was going to be one episode, but it wound up being two. There's so much going there on. There is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Every weekend. Yeah. And I didn't, I never knew, of course, I was never a Trekkie, so I never knew about the connection with Mark Twain and Star Trek. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. And, uh, and again, we we always we begin and we end by by thanking everyone for for being on the other end because uh, that's the reason we do this is to to spread the word uh, about this community that we are that we are passionate about we 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 do we we do this <laughs> we do this because we love it we don't do it because you know we're going to get rich or anything that's why i'm in radio and <laughs> and uh, you know is because I, I ain't looking to get rich and 
I, I gave up on it anyway. What is it? Somebody said one time I, 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 I started on my second million because I gave up on the first million. <laughs> so, no sense even worrying about that. But, Harold, you're rich in everything that counts. There you go. There, there you go. go. There you go. Yeah, when it, well, when it comes to getting to hang out with interesting people, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, I am I am a blessed We're, guy. We are practically millionaires in that regard. You well, better I've believe. Every bit of that. You better believe. Well, and, um, you know, we, we really hope that the folks that listen from Hannibal, um, if you have friends or family that are coming to visit or, uh, you know, uh, maybe they're like, oh, yeah, we'll do that someday. Hey, share this podcast and be like, you know, um, there is more than, you know, I'm great. You should come and visit me because I live here. But also look at all the other things you can do. If you haven't been here in a while, share it with somebody that, that you want to see come back and uh, enjoy Hannibal. All the, all the usual places, rivertownreview.com. If you want to send us comments, of course, don't forget all those reviews. You've already given us a whole bunch, but you need to give us a whole bunch more and tell your friends uh, and go to rivertownreview uh, at gmail.com. If you want to comment, suggestions, future programs, that kind of thing, uh, we'd appreciate that. And uh, uh, not much else to say. Donna Brown, we appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm Harold Smith. I'm Megan Rapp. And that is the Hannibal Rivertown Review Podcast, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us for Rivertown Review, the podcast. For more information on all things Hannibal, visit our website, rivertownreview.com. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, please email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com. And be sure and join Megan and Harold next time for Rivertown Review, the podcast.